What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. On today's show, she's a multidisciplinary designer breathing new life into fashion. Her headline-grabbing garments aren't just beautiful, they also interact with the world around them. I'll speak with designer Benez Ferrari about the art project that made her famous and her thoughts on fashion tech. But first, all eyes are on New York Fashion Week. While we may not be seeing tech on the runway like last season, that doesn't mean disruption isn't underway. Fashion weeks across the world are going through radical change. Designers are abandoning expensive runway shows and instead opting for Instagram and other digital avenues for showcasing their collections. Others are doing away with the seasonal structure and showing spring collections, well, in spring. It's a see-now-buy-now model, and it means rapid change for the fashion industry. Style editor Vanessa Friedman blames the smartphone. In a recent article for the New York Times, Friedman writes, Fashion designers are re-examining the system on which they rest, and they're doing it in the cold blue light of the smartphone glare. They're doing it, arguably, because of the smartphone glare. The ubiquity of the smartphone means fashions are seen moments after they hit the runway, making it easier for brands like Zara and H&M to produce copycats quickly. Digital has also made everyone digest trends much more rapidly, since we're not just seeing outfits and editorial spreads in magazines, but on websites and in social media streams. The irony of it all? An industry that has prided itself on forecasting what's new and next is actually working with a system that suddenly seems antiquated. We'll put the link up to Friedman's article on the website so you can take a look for yourself at electricrunway.com. What do you think of the digital disruption of Fashion Week? Tweet me at Amanda Costco or the program at electric underscore runway. We'd love to hear your thoughts. show. You won't see her collections on the runway, but her clothing certainly commands attention. Stare at her garments too long and you'll find them staring back. Vanessa Ferrari is the designer behind Aurora, an interactive ceiling that can see human bodies and interact with them, as well as Caress of the Gaze, a 3D printed cape that reacts to the gaze of others. As always, you can watch what you see on this program by checking out electricrunway.com. We've got images and video of all the projects mentioned. Right now, my conversation with designer and architect Benez Ferrari. Benaz, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. So you're in Paris right now. What are you doing there? Well, I have a show at La Gaitellerie Rith, which is basically a big events on fashion tech technology, including exhibitions of various pieces, as well as uh, workshops and talks and so many things happening here right now. It sounds like a lot of fun. So for those who don't know you, can you describe what it is, what you do? Sure. So currently I'm an architect and interaction designer and currently I'm also doing my PhD in USC in media arts and practices at Los, in Los Angeles. My work, my practice is basically between intersection of fashion, architecture, and interaction design, as well as robotics. So I make usually interactive pieces either on the body scales of fashion or basically architecture scales and installations. 
Yeah, so basically I'm exploring how our body connects to the environments in two different scales. One of them is fashion and one of them is architecture. So that's really interesting to me that you trained as an architect, but now you're creating a lot of work focused on the body. What are the sort of transferable skills there? What is it that you believe that fashion can learn from architecture? Mm-hmm. So I think if you look at the history of architecture, you can somehow see that actually like most of the architects or designers, they were trying to somehow um, study human's body and uh, basically relates the proportion of the human body to that of environment, which is really fascinating for me. So as an architect, we learn to basically design things that it relates to human body. In a way, I would say fashion and architecture, they share this common point, which is human body. One of them is very close to human body, which is our garments. The other one is basically in a larger scale, but trying to understand how our body relates to the built environment. Uh, so for me, um, that was a bottom line. And I do also believe the fact that um, right now the, the boundaries between different disciplines are somehow blurring. So as an architect, I can actually work in the fashion industry or as a fashion um, designer, you can actually work in different industries as well. So really there is no um, sharp line between various disciplines. And if you actually are interested or if you find a way that it's actually relate your discipline to another discipline, so I think that's that's actually bringing new new ways of thinking in that particular uh, discipline. Absolutely. And so maybe you could tell me about some of your designs that are more architecture-based and then maybe more fashion-based. Mm-hmm. So basically, my works, as I said, it's kind of divided between two different scales. In architecture scales, I make interactive installation. They usually moves and responds based on uh, some sort of data from users or from basically participants. So I have series of walls that they respond either to your hand movements or to your voice. I have a ceiling that it basically responds to your movement movement underneath. So as people walking underneath the ceiling, the, the, the entire ceilings reconfigure and moves based on that. Um, so really the bottom line of my investigation in architecture scale is finding some sort of reciprocal relationship between human's body and, and um, the form of the environments. In fashion scales, I'm very interested in how you can apply those, those ideas to human body, how we can see human body as a form of architecture. And I'm interested to see how interactive technology particularly can change, enhance, augments human body, and basically you can design forms around the body, but they're not just static forms, they can actually respond to various, various stimuli either from the human body or from the environmental factor from or social aspects of um, basically wearer's body. And it's interesting to me because I see this shift happening right now in fashion technology, in wearable technology, where most of the mainstream wearables we're seeing today are focused on the quantified self. So we have, you know, Fitbit and things like that. And it's mm-hmm. clear to me that your work isn't about quantification, but instead is focused on expression and communication and this is the area of wearables that I find most fascinating, that I'm most passionate about. But I want to know from you, why did you decide to take this approach? Yeah, I think uh, that's a great point because I think also if you look at, um, I would say, the latest advancements in maybe artificial intelligence and robotic, you somehow see that 
there is a shift happening which is less about yeah like quantitative data or logic design or system designs like that but more about how you can actually have maybe robots that they can they can feel emotion so it's really about quality and it's about emotions and i think that's that's something that uh, i would say perhaps to some extent and we can say that wearable technology to some extent is behind is um is the fact that how we can actually move on beyond basically data that it can capture how many steps you're taking and things like that to something that is less about that but more about qualities and and, and feelings and and basically connects to our emotions I think that would be sort of next. And I'm personally very interested in this area because I'm interested to create experiences and scenarios for interaction rather than necessarily making a device that just captures something. As a designer, I'm really interested in the notion of design fiction and speculating. So by designing something, how I can actually bring some new ideas that would change how we, we live in future. Uh, although most most of my projects are actually working prototypes, but I think partly I'm also very interested in making them actually happen, but also showing the scenario that this would be actually perhaps our future of our uh, wearable or our future of our in, in architecture. So it's really um, that intersection of design and speculative design in a way. And so you famously created Caress of the Gaze. I want to talk about that for a minute. So maybe if you could talk about your design process. Well, first of all, for people who don't know what it mm-hmm. is what's the best way to describe it it's an interactive cape um, yes so caress of the gaze it's 3d printed interactive garments it's basically like a shawl mm-hmm. that it can moves and responds based on gaze of the other people so the main intention here for me was how you can actually feel someone gaze on your body and what does that mean uh, so it combines um, the multi-material 3D printing with um, shape memory alloy and facial track- tracking technologies. So it's basically really work with three systems of quite advanced technology, I would say. In terms of the design process uh, during Caress of the Gaze, I was an artist in residence in a company called Autodesk, which mm-hmm. you know. So for people who don't know, Autodesk is located here in San Francisco. Well, they're all over the world, really. But you did your residence here in San Francisco. Exactly. So, and uh, during my residency in Autodesk, Pier 9 particularly, I was exploring how I can use their multi-material uh, 3D printers. So I use object printer um, and I basically explore how you can, how you can create a material that it has uh, basically soft quality so it can recover so it's not just printing something in one material so this is a very particular technology that it's not just depositing one material at a time but it can actually deposit various materials so caress of the gaze consists of 10 different materials with different properties with different densities across the scales and the main inspiration for the form of caress of the gaze was really looking at our actual skin our biological skin so for me it was very interesting to look at especially some involuntary responses of our skin such as goosebump um, it was fascinating the fact that sometimes our, our skin actually responds to maybe environmental factors such as temperature or moisture and sometimes our skin responds to different emotions such as happiness and sadness and fear so that was 
was very interesting and I was thinking how I can actually make something that become an extension of humans skin so caress of the gaze was really an exploration how we can make something artificial but almost blur the boundaries between your biological skin and yet non-biological garments how we can make materials intelligent enough that moves and responds in a similar fashion as our skin like a hair in our skin that uh, gets a goosebump so really it was a lot of iteration from digital to physical to actuation systems and robotics and really developing the system that it can move both in an organic way but also mm, um, very subtle and very gentle and soft as our skin does. Your work seems to draw lots of inspiration from nature and the natural world. Why is that? I'm looking at lots of different fashion tech designers and it seems to me that even though they're very, very high tech, it's still going back to those fundamental reactions or the fundamental starting point of nature and I, I was curious to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think nature is a, is a big inspiration. I think things that is happening in the nature, it's fascinating. However, I think most of the designers in the past, at least, both in architecture and perhaps in fashion, they were just looking at things uh, from the nature in terms of their morphology, how they look like, and they try to imitate that. But I think what I'm very, very fascinated by, it's both their morphology, how they look like, how they shape and how they form, as well as how they behave, how they move. So, for instance, how the leaves on the plants, they respond to, the, to their internal and external stimuli is fascinating for me. So I'm studying both morphologies and behaviors and trying to apply those ideas to actual design of artifacts and in terms of fashion outfits. And I think 3D printing is definitely one of those technologies that would enable, I would say, fashion designers particularly to basically apply those ideas on human scale because you can produce things that it's so complex, both in terms of their behaviors and how they look like, uh, it's so complex that you never can produce with hands. So it's definitely something that I would say it would change. I mean, it's already changing the fashion industry, but I would say in the next few years, it's even changing more. And were you surprised at the amount of t- attention that Caress of the Gaze received? I mean, it was really a project that went viral. Were you expecting this? Not to be honest, at some points, that's true, it's got viral and it was out of my control to some extent. But I think, I'm not exactly sure why, but I think uh, definitely one of the reasons for this was the fact that it somehow combined a wearable technology and basically demonstration of technology, which is a facial tracking camera that it can actually seize people's gaze to something which is aesthetically also very pleasant. So if even the piece is off and it's not interactive, the piece in itself is a compelling piece. And if the piece also is interactive, it adds up something to it. So in other words, I would say technology really is to the minimum. You don't even notice the camera. If you see the piece, so many people come to the show and they're, they're asking me, where is the camera? And when I pointed to them so they can see the very small lens hidden underneath the quills, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, then they see it. But it's really, I would say, it's very difficult to even notice that, notice that technology. So that was, I think, one of the reasons that the projects got lots of attention. And of course, in terms of the interaction, the fact that you have the camera on your body it's just thought provocative and creates public to, to respond to that, that what does that mean? And, and try, people start actually making more scenarios around it, which was, for me as a designer, was fascinating to hear some of the comments, to read some of the comments. 
And I think sometimes some projects create this kind of open-ended possibilities that it triggers thoughts and, and creates scenarios for our possible future, basically. Well, you definitely touched on something because it was, you know, everyone was talking about, everyone still is talking about it. And it's a beautiful piece, as you were mentioning, technology aside. So I'm wondering from you, what do you think that fashion can learn from technology? And in your opinion, vice versa, what do you think technology can learn from fashion? Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, I mean, technology in general, it's already really informed fashion I mean from the moments that we had machines for textile and, and the textile manufacturing is already changing fashion but I do think that new technologies such as 3D printing or I would say interactive technologies particularly it's really changing what it means to have a fashion piece on your body because it's no longer it's something passive on your body but also it can actually uh, by incorporating technology or interactive technology into fashion we can understand what is happening inside the body or outside in the social circles of um, our body so in a way definitely i think fashion can benefits a lot from technology the dangerous point I would say is that some projects come out and it's just about demonstration of technology and that would I would say that's a danger point but um, I'm excited about the possibilities that interactive technology opens up for fashion on the other hand I think things that um, basically we produce in the words of fashion it somehow changed technology because so many times we see that in big corporates that they're making let's say technologies especially wearable technologies There are just a group of engineers um, and they have no idea really about the sense of design in terms of aesthetic or things that are pleasant for for us to really wear. So I think as designers, um, I think it's up to us to really incorporate, to bring those technologies, repurpose them uh, and really think about outside the box and think about possibilities of how we can actually think about something else that the company hasn't been thinking about it. So they're, they're very close interaction between, I would say, uh, fashion and technology, and each they can inform each other very closely. I want to go back to what you were just saying about how it's dangerous when we just keep coming up with pieces that are just to demonstrate technology. Do you think that is because you come from an architect background when you're so used to thinking about how the space is going to benefit humans? That's perhaps the kind of mindset that you bring to fashion as well as how is the clothing going to benefit us socially? I think what I meant is basically some projects that we see is really it's just a tech demonstration and they're not involving at all in both in quantitative or yes experiences that basically a wearer would go through as well as they're not involved with anything in terms of aesthetic and I think that's quite disappointing because they become this very like a small object that it doesn't really it just basically sits on the body it's more like a like a thermostat in a house that it doesn't have it, it's just a device really I cannot call that design right uh, but um, but when 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 technology and design and aesthetic would somehow combine together that's where I think some interesting things happen so how can people get in touch with you or follow your work so my website is www www.benazfrahi.com in which I usually post all my projects also I'm on Facebook and Instagram both Benaz Farahi just very simple (laughs) 
Great. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I want you to enjoy Paris, but I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and uh, good luck with the rest of your work. I'm definitely going to be going to be following it. Thank you for having me. That was my conversation with designer and women to watch Benez Ferrari. To view some of her work, check out our blog at electricrunway.com. We have links to her website as well as images and video of the different projects mentioned. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future. All guests on the Electric Runway podcast are recorded with their permission. Music from today's episode by Jeff Hale.